Welcome to the Runners Roundtable podcast. Season four is conversations with runners, and each episode features a conversation with an inspiring female runner who is making the running community better in her own way. In this episode, I'm talking to Julie Weiss, aka the Marathon Goddess, about running with heart, running on purpose, and having the courage to become a runner. Enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of season four, or maybe this is the first episode we'll have of season four of the Runners Roundtable. This season's all about conversations with runners, and I am so excited to have Julie Weiss with me here today. And I don't want to say anything else because I like people to tell their own story, but I will share that I have been following you for a while. And I am in awe of what you have been able to accomplish on so many different levels. So before we dive into all of that, how about we just start off with you telling us about yourself and how you got into running? Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's so nice to be here. I am honored. How did I get into running? Well, actually, I was, I think, in my late 30s, and I was overweight. I was very depressed, single mother, just sort of going through the motions of my daily life and feeling really, really stuck. And uh, I got a dog, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a run with my dog. And she um, she was my first running partner. And uh I was still, you know, really, really just depressed, probably one of my lowest points of my life. And we went on a trip to Hawaii with my family. And I thought on that trip, that was it. I was going to get healthy. I made a pact. I was going to get healthy and I was going to start running. And I'll tell you, I just went out for about 20 minutes. I was like, great idea, right? 20 minutes. And I was, I mean... I was struggling. <laughs> I thought I had run like 10 miles, but I was, you know, I was going way too fast. My heart rate was too high, but I felt like I was dying sort of, but something inside of me came alive that day. And I felt connected, connected to the, to my body. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to keep running when I get home. And so I did. I love that that juxtaposition of I felt like I was dying but I also came alive and I think that's something that we a lot of us when we first start off running and I know I had those same thoughts too of oh it's 20 minutes I can do 20 minutes like that's no big deal and then you go out there and you're like wait what like that's actually really really hard so how did you progress into, I guess the question is, why don't you share with everyone, what's your Instagram handle? Oh, thank you. It's Marathon Goddess, at Marathon Goddess. Yeah. And uh, how'd you get from 20 minutes to being a Marathon Goddess? I guess you could say I caught the running bug, like so many of us do. Uh, there's a there's a lot that goes into uh, the name Marathon Goddess, and I always say it's not 
it's not about me. It's about embracing whatever your passion is and letting that shine. So there are many marathon goddesses, whatever it is you love to do. You know, you could be a goddess of cooking, gardening, dancing. Anyways, I saw the name on a shirt actually at an expo and I was like, oh, that is cool. And I went and checked it out and make sure it wasn't taken. And so then I <laughs> trademarked it. And, and uh, that's how I got the name Marathon Goddess because I just started running farther and farther. And I, you know, be able to run from one lifeguard tower to the next. And that was such an accomplishment without walking. You know, it's about a hundred meters. And I just started running every day and really loving it. Got to the point where about four miles felt felt pretty easy. And also around that time, uh, my father became, uh, he was so proud of me. Like for the first time in my life, he was you know really proud of what I was doing, running. And then I got up to about seven miles and uh, make a long story short, I was like, okay, well, my friend's gonna sign up for a triathlon. Maybe I'll do that with her. You know, and I had a little training, not a lot, but I got through the triathlon, that was great. I loved the running the most. So I thought, how about a half marathon, right? So it's kind of a big jump, you know, but I was, I was hooked and I did that half marathon and I thought, you know, what's stopping me from running a full 26.2 mile marathon? So I don't recommend this. <laughs> I signed up for a marathon in March, the LA marathon. 2008 was my first marathon and I really started training in January. I do not recommend <laughs> this, you know, two to three months of training. Uh, so I really didn't know what I was doing. I made all the new newbie mistakes. You know, I went out too fast. I hit the wall at mile 12, I think. And, and for those of you who don't know what hitting the wall is, it's like you run out of glycogen, as David would say, you you it's like you're driving a car and you're stepping on the on the gas nothing moves okay this is mile 12. <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna qualify for boston my first i'm gonna run under four hours all the things but you know i had to do that shuffle to the finish line and when i got to the finish line i was like okay i'm never doing that again and then no. right a lot of us say that and then a couple of weeks later, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to redeem myself. I thought I'm going to have to redeem myself from that. And so I signed up for another marathon and then just thought, you know, I got this idea about qualifying for Boston. And I thought, I, I didn't know. I was such a newbie, like kind of ignorant. The more marathons you run, the faster you would get. No, no, no. I learned the hard way. So, but I was having fun. And that's, that's the thing about it. If you're having fun, you know, Great. So I, I ran all these marathons. I think I ran like 12 in one year. And I think that's um, where the name Marathon Goddess came from, because I was just running all these marathons and having having so much fun, even though I wasn't qualifying for Boston or really getting faster. I, I just became a, like a goddess of marathons. I loved it. Yeah, that was going to be my question, whether the Instagram or whether not even just Instagram, because now it's like, that's your website, that that's you did that name come before or after the marathons like after you started run running marathons that name came when I started running all of these marathons but not not these marathons <laughs> I'll tell you about this later but 
I just became, you know, I just, just started really loving running marathons and, uh, that's how I, you know, that's when I saw the name on the shirt. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. So that that's where the name came from. And then um, when I started running for a cause, that was a whole different level. That was a whole nother thing. And I can tell you about that later. We can get into that. But when I started running for something bigger than myself, that's when I was like, oh, now I'm really, really embracing that because it's not, it's really not about the marathons. This is not about me. This is about the people that I'm running for. And then I started really, truly um, embracing that, that goddess thing. <laughs> so if you can look back to that 2008, Julie, what words would you have for her? Oh my gosh. Hold on, girl. You're in for a ride. <laughs> Or even for that, you know, for that Julie that said, I'm going to go out for 20 minutes because, and again, we'll, we'll, if, if you watch this on YouTube or if you're listening, she's got 52 for you behind her with 52 marathon medals on the wall behind her. So the you of today, what would you say to that Julie in Hawaii where she thought, Hey, 20 minutes, let me try. And I'll share for myself, right? When I, I kind of had the opposite experience of you where I finished my first half marathon and I was like, I'm good. Like I, the half marathon, I, my first one, I hit the wall at mile seven and a half. And then I had two more after that, because I personally fell in love with the process of training, running with a group. So before I had even ran one half marathon, I had signed up for three. But that very first half marathon, I hit the wall. And when I finished, I felt incredibly proud of myself. And then I also felt like, wait, no, I need to redeem myself. I need to do that second half marathon and not hit the wall. And I remember back then, people would ask me, when are you doing a marathon? When are you doing a marathon? And my response was, I don't like to drive 26.2 miles. There's no way my body's going to move that. But people kept asking me. And then one year I left it up to the universe. I entered the lottery for the Chicago marathon. And I said, if the universe wants me to run a marathon, I'll get selected. And I got selected. And that's when I ran my first marathon. And I think in a similar fashion, when I finished, I was like, that was the hardest thing ever. Oh my goodness. And a few weeks later, I was like, wait, I want to do it again. So I did not run 12 marathons like you in one year, but I have ran three marathons plus one ultra in one year. And for a while that really worked for me. Then I had in 2018, a really bad experience during the marathon. And after that, I have, I've personally have struggled so much with the distance and it's not about being able to complete the distance but the mental part of what happens when I'm doing the distance but I also often think of oh that Steph from 2012 when I started running she would not even be able to imagine me now and I often think of like what would I tell her when she first started so that's the question. Like when you first started, 
And knowing all that you know now about yourself and about where running has taken you, what would you tell her so that she could navigate whatever challenges or whatever tough races she might have so that she can get through it? I thank you. I thank you. And I'm inspired by your story. And thank you for taking that time because it really, um, it really comes down to believing in yourself. And if you can, you know, if I can tell you to believe in yourself, if I could tell Julie from 2008 to believe in yourself, you're going to make it. Uh, I think that was the number one thing I would tell her because Qualifying for Boston was a big goal for me. And I attempted that so many times. And finally, when it came down to being so close to that goal, all I thought about was believing, 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 believe, believe that you can do it, believe in yourself. And um, I think that's um, one of the, and also to have compassion for yourself. Mm. Well, because a lot of times, you know, we'll look at our, the times that we ran, you know, the clock, what our marathon time was and, you know, think negatively about it when it's like, just the fact that you're out there moving, you know, you're, you're taking steps, you're moving forward is wonderful. Everyone is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. So to have compassion for yourself, to have compassion for others around you, not to compare yourself now that, you know, it's not easy. It's easier said than done, but I think it's so important to have compassion with yourself and not beat yourself up over whatever the time was on the clock, because, um, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a lesson. It's a lesson, you know, okay, do it differently next time, but it's great. Finishing is, is, is winning. I think Rob Dixon said that Rob Dixon won the 2003 or something, New York marathon. So finishing is winning. And that, so believing in yourself and having compassion, have some compassion for yourself is, is key. And I would tell myself that, and I would tell you that too, because just the fact that you're out there, you're breathing, you're moving your body to me is a win. Yeah. And I think that's, I want to thank you for sharing that because I feel like maybe me as a new runner accepted that a little bit easier than me now as like a more experienced and by experience, I just mean, because I've been running for, you know, at this point, like consistently at this, at the capacity that I am for 11 years. And I feel like in the beginning, I had so much fun and I was so gentle with myself. And then the comparison game kind of caught up and that gentleness went away in a sense, because I felt like, oh, everyone else is doing this race or everyone else is going after that goal. So I should do it too. And again, like that 2018 race that I had, that was a really rough experience. When I finished, I couldn't even, I didn't even give myself the ability to celebrate that I had finished. Mm. And that was pretty, that was pretty rough of like trying to get through that. So I really appreciate what you shared because it is hard and 
I think sometimes we do lose sight of that the journey of of start line to finish line. You know, so true. So true. Anything can happen at the marathon. You know, it's it's all about the journey. It really, truly is. You can have a fantastic training journey leading up to the marathon, and then marathon day could be a total disaster. So you never know what you're going to get on race day. That's why it's so important to like it as best you can enjoy the journey along the way because that's really that's where it is. That's where the magic is, truly. And yeah, once, once it's a blue moon, you're gonna have that that race day where all the stars line up and um you know everything comes together like that one, which I'll tell you about later. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I try. I mean, now I understand that as someone who's taken more time to reflect on her race experiences versus I think criticize the performance of races, right? That they're in order to have the day where everything comes together and you PR, like a lot has to come together, right? Your nutrition has to come together. Your mind has to be there. Your body has to be well and healthy and injury free. And again, those are things that I feel like when I first started running, I took for granted. And then I almost forgot about them. And now I'm trying to get back into remembering all those pieces of the puzzle that have to come together in order for running to be successful. And by successful, it's not necessarily tied to race times, but successful in that it feels good and that I am having fun doing it because, you know, running and you know this, right? Like running marathons, training for marathons, that takes up a lot of time from your day. And it requires a lot of um, just awareness of what your habits are so that you can, you can show up as strongly as possible to your runs. Absolutely. hundred percent. So tell me actually let's, okay. Can you see me? Okay. Yes. Okay. Cause you're frozen on my end. Oh no, not, no, I'm still here. <laughs> let's try. There you go. Now you're there. Okay. I see you moving now. I don't know what I think I need to work on maybe just clicking stuff on my screen. Um, all right. So you've gone from running all these marathons and your dad was real pivotal in that. Tell us more of your running story in terms of how running changed from you? Because you mentioned how running, it did change once you started running for something bigger than yourself. So can you walk us through that shift in your running? Yes, uh, there's sort of a big moment that happened in between there, if you'd like me to tell you about first. But is I I had my, my dad become my number one fan when I decided I was going to qualify for Boston. He was so like excited about this goal. And uh, we didn't have the best relationship growing up, but once I started running, it just brought out the best in me. It brought out the best in him. It wasn't perfect. Was your dad a runner at all? No, but he was athletic and he was competitive and he did sports. And uh, so I started feeling 
better about myself. You know, you get the confidence as you train and run all these races, you get the medals, the confidence comes in. And so in my, in attempting to qualify for Boston, he was always there, always saying, you're going to do it. Doesn't matter what time, you know, I, I'm just so proud of you. And I got to about marathon um, 16 and I decided to hire a coach who later became my husband. Hi, David. He's so weird. <laughs> he gave me a training plan, which I actually followed for once. And he, um, he was right. I had to take all of my, you know, I was running all of those marathons at race pace. I wasn't doing any, any kind of real, you know, that base, that foundation that we want to do. And so I, I got to the Long Beach Marathon and I was, I think I missed Boston by about two minutes. Um, I, I, yeah, I had cut like 30 minutes off my marathon time. I, I ran a 352. I needed a 350. And, uh, you know, I called my dad and he's like, it's okay. You're going to make it next time. You got under four hours. It's all good. And I was, you know, I was pretty disappointed, but the next day, sadly, my mom had called to tell me that my dad had been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and that there was nothing the doctors could do. And I was like, oh, you're going to beat this. You're going to be the one that beats this. And he said, just keep training. Just don't worry about me. Just keep up with your training. I had another race. Um, I signed up for CIM. I said, okay, that's the Sacramento race. And I said, you're going to come with me. You're going to see me qualify. You know, we'll be there together. We got the reservations. And uh, But sadly, my, my father passed away just 35 days after his diagnosis. And I... I was devastated and the race um, was about 10 days away after the day that he died. And I, anyone would understand if I didn't run that race, but I had to. And uh, I knew we, um, we ran it together because I qualified for Boston that day. I ran a 347, 19. Wow. I remember <laughs> goosebumps. Um, and that's the picture, if you could see it, of uh um, you know, me crossing the finish line, I could, if you could see it, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Anyways, um, I was pointing to him in heaven as I crossed that finish line, because I knew we had done it together. And so after that, I thought I'm going to need to do something bigger, uh, something big to um, raise awareness and funds for this disease, because pancreatic cancer is um, one of the lowest funded funded cancers out there. And uh, at the time, the survival rate was only 5%. 5% wow. of people make it after five years, depending on when you catch it mostly. But I didn't want anyone to have to suffer like my dad did. I, I needed to do something big to honor him and everything he did. My dad did it big. So I was like, I ran the Boston Marathon. I, I ran it and I'm like, okay, now I've got to do something more, but I, I ran it and I ran a 3.59 in Boston and uh, I got that frame because I knew, <laughs> you know, it, it was very special. Anyways, so that's when I woke up and I had this crazy idea. I'm going to, I'm going to run 52 marathons in 52 weeks. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, I work full time. I'm going to have to, you know, I, my kids were like 10 and 15 at the time or something like that. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to find a way, even if I have to move 
into my mom's house or something. I'm going to do this because it was calling me to do this thing. And so off I went, uh, sometimes running another marathon in a different country, city or state, you know, and, and flying out on a Friday or driving somewhere and then coming back to work Monday morning. And so the first, uh, and that's how um, I began began running for a cause for uh, for pancreatic cancer. Be, um, all cancers suck, they do. But um, you know, this was very personal to me and I, I just didn't want anyone to have to suffer like my dad did or any families out there. So, so off I went and uh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, truthfully. <laughs> how do you logistically do that? Because it's not, you know, it's not that you said, I'm going to run 52 marathons in 52 weeks. And then you chose a course by your house and you did that. Like you actually went to events, like you did races. How did you plan that out logistically? Like from you having the idea to doing it, to you actually doing it, what was the planning like? Like, was it, you had the idea in May and then you started in June or was there more like? No, it was a, actually, it, that's a great question though. Thank you. Um, and that's truly um, was the hardest part, the logistics, you know, because running the race was, became the easier part once I got to the starting line. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I started planning it about, I would say six months before. Okay. And uh, I went on to marathon guide dot com or something like that and I, I looked up all the races that I could do you know and and seeing you know within my budget you know what they're what the races that were closer so I think I ended up choosing about 20 25 or so 22 in California but the others were all across the United States and Canada first one started in Rome and you know I I collaborated with people. I did. There was no way I could have done this alone. It was such a big undertaking that I was almost paralyzed. And I, you know, I tell people that, you know, you don't have to do this alone because there's no way I could have done it. I had my friend helping me register for races because I was like, I, I, I don't know. This is, a, this is a lot. And, uh, and I had another friend who was a travel agent and she was helping me book all of these races. And my husband was, you know, driving me all that he went to about 40 of the races with me. Uh, we had the charity, uh, charity uh, at the time was the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and they were behind, behind this and they sponsored uh, a lot of this. And it was just a win-win when you, when you collaborate with other people. Uh, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot and it, I was exhausting and I really had to take care of my body and drink a lot of also caffeine <laughs> to, to make this work because you know sometimes I'd get back to work on Monday and I'd be like okay the lights are on but nobody's home <laughs> just <laughs> but um it was it was a lot was yeah a lot. I, I mean, know how I did it sometimes I think I see that and I am in awe of that, especially when you're factoring travel to it, especially if you're like in different time zones and whatnot. So how did you recover between those races? Uh, let's see, I would, recovering was key because 
I just needed to get to the start line of the next race healthy. And I would stretch in the airport. I would bring my foam roller. I would bring those little, you know, balls for my feet, you know, those therapy balls. I would um, make sure I got enough protein. I think it was about 70 grams of protein I needed. I, I didn't have much of a social life. You know, I was still, um, you know, my kids were home and I was working. So the social thing was the marathons and that's fine. Try to get a, as much sleep as you can. I tried not to run during the week because it was all, it was basically a year of tapering, right? Yeah. So uh, I did a little bit of strength training or stretching uh, once a week with a trainer. I had a physical therapist that um, would, you know, massage tight areas and, um, but it was a whole team, you know, of, uh, it wasn't just me, but I'm telling you, when you are passionate about something and you have purpose, there is no stopping you. <laughs> I mean, you're going to create miracles. You're going to have this energy that you didn't even know you had uh, when you have a goal that means so much to you. What was your initial fundraising goal in that year? So I set out to raise $1 million in hopes that I would raise it that first year. And I... Uh, I think when I was done, I had reached about $200,000 and that's a lot. And I remember the Today Show doing a piece on, on this journey and they were saying, for Julie, the starting line is the beginning of the end of a journey of 52 marathons in 52 weeks. But they were actually um, right in one aspect, but the journey to raise the million dollars was still going, you know, I was not done yet. And so uh, I, it wasn't the end after the 52 marathons in 52 weeks, but it was a very, very uh, inspirational journey for so many. For me, I met so many amazing people on this journey. I, I tell you, um, after about marathon number five, I was thinking, you know, these marathons are hard, they're challenging, they're fun, but I don't want this to be about the marathons or just about me. I want this to be about the people that I'm running for. So I'm sitting in the Colorado River and feeling like after a race, and I, I thought I'm gonna put a post out on social media because I wanna know these people. I wanna run for these people. I want them to run with me. I want to run together. You know, this is um, not just about my dad. This is about all of the people that I was running for. So I put that post out and I, I just got so many messages back from so many different families and people who are, have been affected by this disease. And, and so then from, from about marathon five on, I started dedicating every single race to somebody who was affected by pancreatic cancer. And that just, that made this journey so much more impactful and so much more meaningful. And, you know, in some ways, had I raised that million dollars the first year, um, it wouldn't have been, I mean, I wouldn't have created some of these relationships that I did over the past 10 years, you know, because that's how long it took to raise the <laughs> yeah. so, so, before we get to that uh -huh. I'm, I'm curious as to so you were 
were any of these races like charity entry races that contributed to that or were they all just this is a weekend where there's a marathon this is where it fits in with all of that and then you just had like a general fundraising like how did how did legit I guess that bit of the logistics of fundraising for the organization was anything tied to any of these specific races or this was just I'm signed up for these races here's the link your donation is going to help me physically like it's going to help me mentally so that I can get through the race physically is that how it worked for you the donations were going straight to the charity. I had one link that was going straight to the the charity, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network at the time. And uh, I just, you know, I had signed up for all these races. Some of them, I, you know, the race directors would give me for free because I would tell them what I was doing and others we had to pay for, but um, the charity had sponsored some of them, but we also brought in a big donation to, um, you know, to cover that. So there was, it was all a win win situation where everyone everyone benefited and when these donations came in it didn't matter if it was a dollar or it was a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars every single dollar counted and everyone had meaning behind it and they all they all um were, were so special and, and uh they kept me going you know there was with the messages of love and hope and you know for their loved ones or things like that and it was um you know, I would, I would stay up probably sometimes really late before these marathons. And I don't recommend that either. You need sleep, <laughs> but I would, yeah, I would run my dedications before every single marathon about the person that I was running for and, or to their families. And so when I was out there running for, for these people, that's what kept me going, you know? And uh, the amount of money we raised is all, it's all good, you know, and, and it just, it kept, you know, it was the, the motivation behind it were, were these people that I was running for and hearing their messages just kept me motivated. Yeah. I mean, it's and in a smaller scale than you, right. I had, a, like, I think back to some of my races where um, whenever I'm struggling, I, I do think about, I think about my family and I think of the time they have sacrificed in order for me to have this dream of running this race. And that's just like a small one, but I had this past April, I ran the London marathon on behalf of a charity. And I can't tell you how many, I mean, it was at least like two or three times that I cried every time I passed where the charity was set up because it was like, oh yeah, this isn't, it's not me. And also like the freedom that comes from knowing, like it doesn't matter your time. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Like you're doing something for someone else. And that's what mattered. Those people don't care. Like you know, like the people that you're impacting, they don't, they're not, you know, a good chunk of them are probably going to be like, what's a marathon? Like, how long is that? Right? Like, they really don't care. We're the ones that kind of overthink that. And it was a reminder of 
one for me, like the importance of just always picking one race a year, even if it's just one to fundraise either officially through a charity or not, because it really does snap you out of your own like self-limiting stories, right? It really, at least for me, it was like, okay, no, I'm not like, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to gripe about it. I'm not going to be pouty. Not when these miles mean something so much more. So for people who are listening to this and they are on the fence about doing a race for charity or on behalf of charity, what words of encouragement do you have for them? And I say it specifically because we have a lot of these races, like I'll, I'll say in specific, right? We have our marathon majors, right? Those are big races. Everybody wants to do them. They enter the lottery, but they don't get in. But these are also races that have so many charity partners. So what words of advice, words of encouragement would you have for runners out there that are, again, like kind of on the fence of, should I do this for charity? Should I not? And then how am I going to raise all that money? I, yeah, that's a great question. And there are so many wonderful charities out there and just, you know, pay attention to the ones that speak to your heart. And when you find one, uh, you'll, you will get this new, it'll be a different feeling. You'll get more energy. You'll be out there running for a purpose. And I think it's um, when it's your first time out there running for a cause, it's a little bit, you know, it can be a little intimidating to go out there and ask for money, you know, from your friends, family, coworkers, but it gets easier. What, you know, get your elevator speech out there and your cause and your why. Your why is so important. Uh, it doesn't have to be a long pitch, you know, just tell them what you're doing. And most times, the first time out there when you're fundraising, people will donate. You just have to have the courage to do it. And once you start doing it, it becomes easier and easier. I was terrified, truthfully, when I would, you know, give speeches or have to go out there. And, but I was also courageous. <laughs> it didn't stop me. I, I was terrified and I, I would do it. And I was amazed at how many people out there were, um, were supportive and, and you will be too, you know, and don't, you know, even if they said, you know, you're going to get probably um, one or two for every, maybe 10 people you ask, you know, not everyone is going to jump on and start donating, but don't give up. I mean, I didn't give up in my fundraising goal. I kept going even after the 52 marathons. And uh, it, it's really about this, you know, the people that you're gonna, you're gonna meet, you're gonna strike up conversations. You'll find people that have the same, same purpose even, and, and may even wanna join you. That's the thing is that you, you never even know who you're inspiring by doing something like this, not just with a cause, but you know, the, the run itself. Um, and I think it's just, you know, ask your, you know, ask your neighbors, ask your family, your, your, uh, your employer, maybe they'll match, maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe they have a foundation. It's just, uh, there's endless possibilities if you just have the courage and then the consistency to keep on going and never giving up because now you have your why. And I, I have a, a quote <laughs> that I, I thought, I thought of, you, you know, it's, um, 
when you're doing something that you love for someone or something you love, that's where the miracles happen. Mm. And that's the truth. Yeah, I, I've ran for several different organizations. And even though they're different, they're all about children. They're all in service of children. So I agree with you on that of like, find the cause that speaks to your heart. Because then when you make the request, and I love that you said courage, because courage does take heart, like core in the word core, courage means heart. And it really is that of like, finding the organizations that do speak to you so that when you're asking people for money, or you're asking for donations, it's not a stretch, like it's something that, that you would support, or I guess the way I see it too, is like, oh, find something that you would support yourself and then be their biggest advocate, be their biggest cheerleader. And also like, I agree with the asking. I know anytime I fundraise, I feel like I am so annoying because I feel like I'm asking over and over and over and over and over again. And what I realized this past, you know, training cycle and just in other things that I do, I'm like, I can ask over and over and over again. And there's a lot of people, like, I think I'm being annoying, but for some people, it's the first time that they're even seeing that I'm asking. So I'm worried about being annoying to people who haven't even seen it the first time around. And I think even something else that you shared earlier, I think it's so true is, is telling people that no donation is too small. If a dollar is what you've got, a dollar is what you've got. And it's just as accepted and like praised as the bigger donations. So taking us back or filling that gap for us. So between 2013, you raised $200,000. How did you get to that million dollar mark? Never giving up, <laughs> never giving up. That's really what it comes down to. I think that I, there were times that I was like, oh my gosh, this is never, you know, but I kept coming up with different running streaks, you know, different things that I could do to, to raise, to keep the, the money coming up and in and the awareness I, I, I did once, um, I think it was 52, uh, 52 races for 52 faces, which was not a marathon each week, but it was like a 5k, a 10k or a marathon or a half marathon. You know, I did, I did that. And I, I did, um, all, you know, you just get creative, <laughs> you get creative and see what, you know, you know, speak, some people do, um, you know, fundraisers, you can auction off things like that. But I, I just kept going. I just kept asking people. I, I asked a lot of different foundations. My employer was a, a big, big donor in, uh, in in this and they would contribute every year. And I just, um, you know, I just kept at it and I just kept raising money and telling all the people of all of the wonderful things that this money is doing. Like at the time, the survival rate was 5%. And as of last year, it was um, 12%, 12%. Okay. So, so this, this money is, you know, and the impact that their money is having is working. So you share all the progress that the charity is doing and all the things that they're doing to make this, uh, 
you know, this pancreatic cancer curable is what we want. And I think my last running streak was what I did is I took the, um, we were at 11% survival rate and I'm not running, you know, a marathon a week anymore, <laughs> but I thought maybe I can run 11 marathons in 11 months to share uh, awareness on the survival rate being 11%. Plus I love the 11-11 thing. So I, I started running one marathon a month and I'm older now and not as fit, but I got injured. I think it was a marathon three or four. And I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do the 11 marathons, but I'll, I'll just change it to 11 you know, races. And so you, you keep going no matter what. You're gonna have to be flexible and shift and you know do things because life happens, right? You know, don't push yourself too much, you know, like I did because I got I think that's how I got injured. You know, I think self-care is so important in whatever you do. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're you're heading out for uh, any kind of a you know journey to help others. Make sure you help, you know, take care of yourself yes, first. first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. So uh, when I was about, I think race number, I don't know, I think it was a San Francisco marathon or something like that, but the survival rate had bumped up to 12, 12%. Sorry about that. I've got texting going. Okay. <laughs> Turn that off. Um, um, but the survival rate went up to 12%. So then I said, okay, then I'm going to make it 12 races in 12 months. And so the LA marathon was the 12th race in 12 months. And I did get the final pledge to raise that million dollars. And uh, see, <laughs> you just keep going. You never give up no matter how long it takes. The um, There's another quote that I like to say by Earl Nightingale. He says, never give up on a goal because of the time it takes to accomplish it. The time will pass anyways. And so I'm so grateful. So grateful. I love that because just so that everyone's clear, right? You initially set this goal for yourself in 2013, right? Or 2013 is when you started the 52 races. Yeah. yeah it was actually okay. 2012. When 2012. I started, the I planning. 2013. Um, yeah. But it was like when I finished the 52 marathons from then, it was another 10 years until I, I reached that goal on the anniversary of the 10 year anniversary. So I'm finishing yeah. the 52. So it was super special. It was and it was LA Marathon on both ends. Like LA Marathon was the last of the 52 that you ran. The LA Marathon was the last of the 52. The first was the Mar the, the Rome Marathon, Maratona de Roma. It's uh, right here, it looks like an ancient artifact. It's a beautiful metal. Uh, and that was uh, the same day as the LA Marathon. And I was like, can I do both? No, I couldn't do both. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but they filmed a, a movie that it's unfortunately not available online right now. It's called The Spirit of the Marathon 2. Spirit of the Marathon 1 is still available, but um, you can't get the second one. But they did a beautiful movie called The Spirit of the Marathon 2. Uh, I think you can get a DVD. I have DVDs if anybody still has a DVD um, machine. <laughs> but that started. So I, I that's that's where I um that's where I started, and uh, then I finished at the LA Marathon March seventeenth, 
2013. And this year, the LA Marathon is going to be on St. Patrick's Day again, actually, March 17th, uh, 2023. So we're still running, we're still going, but you don't have to be extreme. Like I <laughs> are you still fundraising? Is that still something that you're actively doing? Absolutely. I have the Hirschberg training team shirt on here. And uh, the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research is uh, our, our local charity here in LA, but they fund research uh, and seed grants all across, you know, all across the world, in fact. And uh, they are, they have been, um, they're an official charity of the Los Angeles Mar Marathon. So if anybody wants to run for a cause at the LA Marathon, the Hirschberg training team is one of them. There are, there are many others and uh, the McCourt Foundation, they're, they're, they're just a, a, okay, I'm, I love that marathon like no other. It's my first marathon. It's <laughs> my hundredth marathon. I, I've run now a hundred and it'll be my 117th marathon this, uh, this coming March, 2024. That's a lot. <laughs> that is, that is, it's a lot. And then when you think of what your body has gone through of 52 of those were done in one year, and then you've got how many marathons had you ran before you set this 52 and 52 weeks goal? Great question. I, uh, was already, I think about 25. I had about 25 down when I started the 52 marathons in 52 weeks. So, yeah. So we've got like, let's say 25 plus 52, 77, and then you're going to be at 117, you said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the time after it's, I mean, we were talking about a lot of marathon running in, in, I mean, a, a decent size. If you had to think back which one, I guess, which one was the most, I have a few, okay. Which one was the most memorable? And then which one was the most meaningful? Oh gosh. I know we're, we're going through the archives here. <laughs> what was the most memorable and the most meaningful? Oh my gosh. Uh, the, I don't know why, but the one that comes to mind is the ET uh, full moon marathon. It was it was run at at um, midnight, so I don't know why, but that one I'm not a night runner, so running um, in Area 51, you know where the aliens are supposedly and in the dark, and <laughs> it was I, was that I, like a trail run, like no. I, not really. No, it was a really well put on race, but it was, uh, it was tough running in the dark. You couldn't really see the elevation. I'm like really tired. And at four in the morning, it's dark. And I just see lights ahead. I'm like, that's it. The aliens are coming. <laughs> Take me. And, and then it was my husband and he was there and he ran the last eight miles. And we, 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 uh, I crossed the finish line at like four in the morning and the, um, beautiful sunrise was coming up on, on, on what would have been my, my dad's birthday. And so it was like pretty, pretty miraculous and, and memorable. Uh, another one was the Leadville marathon. Talk about courage. Okay. There wasn't really any races that weekend other than the Leadville marathon, which is, uh, starts at 10,000 feet, goes up to 13,000 feet. That's a trail marathon. <laughs> and, um, I had never had, you know, altitude training or anything. 
but I, I showed up at that race and I, I just needed to make the cutoffs and I did, but we almost missed our plane uh, coming. <laughs> the cutoffs on the race, but you almost missed the plane. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have kind of shower. I felt really bad for the people sitting next to me. You know, <laughs> so Those were, those were very um, memorable. And, oh, there were so many special ones, uh, you know, running across the finish line with pancreatic cancer survivors. And um, often have you done that? Um, probably two or three times. The first one was with Paul Perkovic. It was the uh, Paul, uh, the Half Moon Bay Marathon. Um, he crossed the finish line with me and that was super special. And then um, Lupe Ramiro de la Cruz, my, my soul sister, uh, she was a seven year pancreatic cancer survivor, a marathon runner. She did the LA marathon, I think like 11 or 12 times. And, um, I ran the, the 52nd marathon in 52 weeks, the, the LA marathon in 2013. She met me at mile 25 and we crossed that finish line together. And she, she's so special. Um, and sadly she passed away a couple of years ago due to complications, mm. but we went on to do so many more races together. And uh, she's, every time I look at the sun, I know she's there. I know our loved ones are there. They're still yep. there cheering for us. I, I, I know that I miss her a lot, but um, she, she had a real, she should talk about inspiration and her smile would just light up, light up a room. And uh, she told me that I was her sunshine, but she was my sunshine, she still is. And she's still running races with me today. I still think about her and so many other people, so many other people that I've run for and uh, the way they live their lives. And um, I think their energy is still out there and they're they're with us in, in a different form. Well, it's but, almost like, I know you've ran a lot of marathons and I feel like I know for myself, again, I haven't ran as many as you have. I'm nowhere near that. And yet when I think of the different races, I can recall pretty well the feeling of crossing that finish line of just the experience of that race. So for you to have so many memories wrapped up into these races, I guess it's like, how do you hold all that? How do you hold all that energy, all those feelings? I, uh, I, I hold them in my heart. There's a lot of room. There's a lot of love for, for all of them. I, I just, it's hard. People ask me, how do you do that? You meet all these people and then you lose a lot of, you know, and I'm like, well, it's not easy. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy, but I'm so inspired by, by them and their courage and the, the way they live their lives. I, I just, I gotta give a shout out to David Rudder, who I just ran. Um, he just passed away a few days ago. He was 60 years old. Just this beautiful soul that when I was running my, uh, 12 races in 12, I guess it was 12 months. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I chose the Ventura marathon for him. I did the half marathon and, and I chose it on a day that happened to be his 60th birthday. And it's like, you know, when the universe is just conspires to like 
tell you all together. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, that's when you know you are on the right track. You get these little signs from the universe. And that's how I know, even though it's hard to hold it together and hold all these people and hold space. Um, when I get signs like that from the universe, then I know that I'm on the right track and, and they, they keep me going. I am motivated by them. I, I have another friend I'm running with right now who's currently, you know, going through um, breast cancer and she is a freaking rock star. I mean, she's more motivated than I am. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you that's, that's my why. I, I just, I love that connection that the universe brings us all together to, to help each other and to be of service to each other. And that's why I keep going. I love that sentiment because I'm such a big believer in that of like the universe is constantly conspiring for our greater good, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's what are the chances even just now? It's like, what are the chances that you and I are here talking and we don't know where this, where it's going to ripple from us. Just like when I, at least, and this is just going way out there, but I know for myself, like there are moments where I, I step back and I'm like, wow, this and this and this and this and this and this all had to happen in order for this one moment to happen. So this moment, it is a gift. Us being here is a gift because so many different choices, so many things could have happened that would have taken us away from, from being here. And I feel like running in the way that you do perhaps that is more present for you, right? Whereas a lot of us will run and, and it's just going through the motions, going through the motions of another race, another that. So if there's something you can tell us of like, how do we break out of that? Of like, oh, I have to do the speed work this day or I did the speed work, but it didn't work out. And now I'm all like, Ugh. how do we go beyond that to yeah, like experience that I get from you. Like, it's not just gratitude, but also like this awe, like the awe of simply being alive in this moment. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question because when you say, oh, I got to do the speed work or I got to do this, or I got to do my long run. It's like, you may have, you may have heard a lot of people saying, no, no, you get to Mm -hmm. you, you know what a gift that is that you can actually do that and so many can't so many wish they could and, and for you to be able to get out there and even run one mile is a gift so it, it's not easy to like break through that and you know hit your goals every time and there's going to be days that are like blah you're just gonna not you are not going to be feeling it and uh that's okay because not every day is going to be sunshine and roses and rainbows. So you, you just have to, you just have to keep going. And, you know, when you're, you're fired up about a, a goal or you have this purpose and you, you're going to do it no matter what. And you just got to sometimes just force yourself out the door. You just do. I had to do that the other day. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I pushed myself out the door, got out there. I did five miles. I was like, okay, I feel much better. You know, it wasn't like the greatest run, but it's so you got it done. You know, you got it done and you feel better. Good job. You know, be proud of yourself. 
because it's it's not easy. We have a lot of things going on in our lives and, and it comes back to that compassion, I think. Have some compassion for yourself because it's not easy, but it it'll be worth it. Yeah, that's oftentimes when I have a run that I don't want to do. And I'm like, I'm too tired. I don't want to do it. I have to remind myself of you're going to feel great when you finish. Like right now, you may not feel it. But when you finish, you're going to be so proud that you did it. And that's oftentimes what helps me get out the door. Of It's just thinking of that of like, wait, I'm going to be really proud of myself when I finish. And that's something that no one can take away from me. And also like no one can give to me, right? Like that pride is going to come from myself. Absolutely. Good job. Yeah. yeah it's like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I have a question for you because... I watched your TED talk and I'll make sure to link it here so okay. people can so people can watch it as well. And I personally, I'm a lover of words and I believe words have the power to elevate us and that they can also diminish us, right? Like they can make us greater, they can they can they can hurt. And in your TED talk, you talk about the importance of language, of shifting from I'm going for a run to I'm going to become a runner. Yay. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. So when I heard that, and you know, if anyone wants to go back through the archives of the Runner's Roundtable, the very first podcast that I ever recorded was titled Who's a Runner? And who's a runner? I think okay. it's a runner or what does it mean to be a runner? I can't remember right. exactly right now, but that entire episode was spent with us talking about the word runner and what does it mean? So I really appreciated that because I find that oftentimes and I'm very guilty of this where I was running and I was doing half marathons and I still didn't call myself a runner. I was still like, no, I just do that thing. But what you are encouraging or inviting us all to do is to start embodying that identity. How did you get there? And did you ever experience at any point in your running journey, this like that disconnect of, wait, I'm doing the running, but I don't really feel like a runner. I that, thank you for all of that, by the way, and mentioning that because it's so important and is life changing, life changing when you can transform the way that you think about exercise. And that's what I talk about in my TED talk, because there were times when I was, I would see all these groups of people running on the beach, training for a marathon. And like, I would start crying because it was so beautiful what they were doing. And I, I wanted to be a part of them, a part of that. But there was this wall between us that I just couldn't break through. And when my dad said, Julie, why don't you go train with the uh, LA Roadrunners? And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. And I showed up. There's that courage thing again. I showed up and I'm like, I'm going to become a runner. 
I am not just going for a run anymore. Now I am an, I'm a runner. Okay. And I think it was Bart Yasso that says there's no fake runners. It's not, that's not a thing, right? That's not a thing, but a lot of people don't know that, you know, it's just, it's about embracing, embracing it in a different way. And if, if running is not your thing and it's, it's swimming, it's then you are not just going for a swim. You are now going to become a swimmer. You're not just going to do some yoga. I mean, you can if you want, but you are going to become a yogi, right? Because it's, yep. a, new, it's a new way of seeing like, who you are and who you are truly meant to be in this world. And that's the beauty of, um, of just shifting your perception. Really, that's what it is. It's just a mindset shift. And so, so I think, um, yeah, there were times I didn't think I was a real runner when I was struggling, but once I, once I joined that running group, I was going to become a runner and, and yeah, look what happened. <laughs> yeah. So embrace it. Yeah. Become it. I just wrote it down listening to what you're saying, because it's so often we think of the doing piece and again, the invitation is to be in it, right? And even beyond that, there's, I feel like implicit in what you're saying is that when you're being something, you're never done. You're never done growing. You're always in a state of becoming. And I find that to be such a beautiful invitation to reflect on for all of us, right? Because I'm going to assume, based on what you said, is that you're not necessarily still running 52 marathons a year, right? Like your relationship to running has evolved and saying, I'm going to become a runner allows space for that evolution to exist. And yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's, it's, that's what I get from what you're saying. You can tell me no Steph, that's not it at all. Because I guess I can start with, I can ask you that question of like, where are you with running right now? Well, I love what you said. And I agree. And I think once you embrace running or becoming a runner or becoming a swimmer or becoming a walker, I mean, you can walk a marathon. We have a walking program, a run walk, you know, you're not just going for a walk. You're, you're a walker now. Okay. So once you embrace that and it becomes a part of who you truly are, it takes on a whole new meaning. And, and uh, where I am with running right now is I am trying to get my groove back, <laughs> you know, as far as, as far as training goes again, because I'm a grandmother now. And I, you know, I spend a lot of time with my, my grandkids and I love that. And there's, um, but I also want to qualify for Boston again, because why not, you know? So there's, there's that part of me. I'll always be a runner because that's a, who I am. I'll always be that. And, you know, it's just a matter of priorities and how much time you want to put into it. And I, again, it's just comes back to goal setting, you know, creating a goal for yourself. I, I, I actually have created 
a speech because I love doing motivational speeches. That's kind of my new thing where instead of running a million marathons, I can get up on a stage and tell people, um, you know, share my story and share some tools for others who, who might want to, you know, break out of some bad habits they have or come out of their comfort zone, that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, we'll see training for the LA marathon starts September 16th, LA marathon, 2024. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's a little sticker in case I you're love listening. The gear. And, uh, I, I like to see if I could, you know, qualify for Boston or, or, you know, get a PR at age 53, because why not? Let's just see if we could do it. No pressure. You know, let's just see how it goes. I'm in a much better place with my running now than I was. I don't beat myself up as much. You know, I, I, I've done enough of that for any, everyone. So I'm having more compassion for myself as far as, you know, training goes. It, it's, um you know, just, it just takes uh, consistency and courage and all of those things that I, I talk about in my speech, but it is possible. And um, and then when you have a cause and you know, I'm still fundraising and I'm still running for other people that just makes it so much, so much more meaningful and so much more special. And uh, just remembering what a gift it is to be able to get out there and go for a run. You don't, you don't got to, you get to. Yeah. <laughs> Now, we obviously cannot finish this conversation without talking about another marathon, except it wasn't one of the feet. It was probably one of the mind. Can you tell us how was the process writing your book? Because I'm sure that wasn't like, oh, okay, today I'm going to write a book and then we're done, right? Like, I'm sure that was a, there's editing process, there's you gathering your thoughts I don't know if when you were doing the 52 marathons if you were like journaling throughout it and kind of keeping track of it but tell us about your book tell us how that process was for you and I know you have the medals behind you and that you have raised an incredible amount of money but now that this book is out into the world a piece of your story becomes a piece of everyone else's story when they read your words. So how was that? Yes, you are right. That was a marathon in itself. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, my, the, my book, here it is, 52 Weeks, 52 Marathons, The Miles and Trials of a Marathon Goddess. And this came out in 2019. So it was six years, uh, basically, after I finished the 52 marathons, and I had tried uh, many different ways to, I I did blog, I did a lot of blogs when I was running the 52 marathons. So I had a lot of notes on how I was feeling and my emotions, and I remember them too. But I needed help. So there's the collaboration piece again, okay? So I really um, I really manifested the best co-writer that I possibly could. And he helped me and, and John Hans and Allie Nolan, both um, incredible writers. So we all got together and we worked on this beautiful book that so many people have told me that they loved it and they could relate to it because, you know, I wasn't uh, an elite athlete growing up. I wasn't, I'm not an elite athlete. I didn't even um, do any sports in, in school. So 
I think a lot of people can relate to that because people see this journey and think, oh, she's probably, you know, a runner in high school and all that. But mm-hmm. oh, not even close. You know, I started running so that, sort of as a midlife crisis. So we took all of those emotions and all of um, the experiences, not all of them, but a lot of a lot of that and, and wrote this beautiful book together that has inspired a lot of people. And it was a hard process. It was about, um, took about a year and a year and a half once I finally, you know, got the, um, the writers together and we all worked on it together and met and did the auto, you know, it's a lot that goes into it and the cover and the, and, and all of the, um, the praise. Yeah. yeah. Forward, all of that. Yeah. So it, it was, I was, I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud that today I, it's still inspiring um, other people that, you know, tell me about, they read my book. I'm like, you did. Okay. I'm glad you liked it because it means a lot to me. There's a lot of heart in this book. Uh, it's on Amazon if you, you want to get it. And it's also available at Barnes and Noble, the miles and trials of a marathon goddess. Um, and also I, there's an audible version that I narrated. And I also wrote a children's book. This one was easier. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a really odd for, you know, I did, I wanted my granddaughters to, to be able to read about the journey and, and inspire them, inspire all kids so that, you know, kids can do whatever they believe in their dreams and, you know, do whatever they want to do in their life because I don't know. I thought it's cute. (laughs) So I have both books available on Amazon and I'm very grateful for the whole process. It wasn't easy, but we got it done. I was training for a marathon while writing this and I had to sort of choose, okay, do I want to PR now or, or do I want to get this book out? And so having a book uh, in me for so long was almost like being pregnant for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally. different kind of, I was going to say that that's like a whole different birth yeah. process. Oh, it, it was, but it was also terrifying because it's like, oh my God, now my book is out in the world and what, what are people going to say? What are they going to think? But, um, I, I got, um, uh, I received a lot of, um, comments. People, people just seem to relate. And I, I'm so grateful for that, that I could, if you inspire one person, you know, God bless you, you know, but you know, if you can inspire even more and be even more of service, that's how I have to look at it. It's, it's my, um, you know, it's my way of serving others is by sharing my story. And so they can see, you know, if someone like me can do something like this, maybe they can do it too. It doesn't have to be 52 marathons in 52 weeks, but, uh, whatever it is, it speaks to your heart. If you have, you know, if you have the courage to do it and, um, I have a lot of, tools that I can share with you in my speech as well, but it, it's, it's possible. You Another quote. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> this, one by, this one is by C.S. Lewis. And uh, he says, it's, you're never too old or never too young to set a new goal or dream a new dream. Yeah. With that, I have two more questions for you. How do we as people who are already in the sport, how do we get new people to believe in themselves and to dream the dreams that you and I dream, right? Because there's so many people that I find like, and I'm sure you get it quite often too, of like, I would love to run, but I'm not a runner. Or I would love to run, but I don't want to do it by myself or any of that. 
how do we support people in either achieving that dream or maybe discovering the dream for themselves? Well, I think that if there's, if there's someone who is, you know, really wants to become a runner, really wants to do something, but they're afraid, I, I would suggest reaching out to someone who's already doing it. Someone who inspires you or even a friend or, or there's running clubs, there's training programs out there and people really are, there is so much support out there for you. And I know it can be scary. I know it can be, but if you reach out to a friend or find a, a local running club and just show up, you know, once you show up, you're already winning, you know, just by showing up, you know, just do one step, just do one thing towards that, towards that goal. It can be something little, doesn't matter, but, you know, send the email, whatever it is, have the courage to send the email and ask about that running club when they meet, where they meet, and then, you know, show up and then believe in yourself because once you do that one step okay my ring says believe see Uh, (laughs) and you know you can say oh I did that I did that little step so maybe I can build on that and do another step and you just take these baby steps one foot in front of the other they don't have to be huge they don't have to be extreme but as far and there's and remember there's going to be times there are two steps forward one step back you know it's not going to be linear a straight line you know you're, you're gonna yeah. have moments but but once you uh just take that first step towards your goal and then you've done that okay think about your first step you did that and then you get the confidence to do it again and then maybe now you've got you've got a running club that you're you've joined okay now you just have to show up <laughs> okay just keep showing up and before you know it, you gain that confidence and um, you've gone from a, from a couch to a 5K. And then like maybe you've done that 5K and then maybe you want to do a 10K after that. But it just starts with, you know, doing one thing or if you're feeling, you know, nutritional or, you know, you, if you want to, you know, just get more healthy, you know, just do one thing for yourself to, to get healthy, you know, just, you know, like my husband says like you know reach for the almonds instead of <laughs> the, the bad chips. exactly just one thing though show yourself that you can do it and then go back to that and remember you did that so you can do it again and you can keep doing it and suddenly you're going to start feeling more confident and more healthy and you're going to start enjoying it and uh, that's really important that you're enjoying the process but remember it's not all going to be joyful every single day you're going to have those days but I think the most important thing is just to keep going. It's like, to kind of like wrap up a lot of what you've said, it's believing yourself enough to take that first step and then believe in yourself enough to continue taking steps. And I have someone in my life and she has said, and and it's a quote, she said this, and I take it with me everywhere where it's, um, every step forward is still a step forward, right? Like it doesn't have to be a big one. It can be a small one, but it's still forward movement is forward movement. And I appreciate that that's that's the message here because it's true. It's all it starts with is, all it starts is with one step. And 
continuing to take little steps, little steps, little steps, little steps. It's the same, right? It's like, right, none of us start off running. We start off walking and then we start up speeding up those little walks and then eventually we'll get to running. No one starts off running a marathon. You start off with that one minute interval of running or whatever the case is. And I, and it is that with, with joining run clubs, becoming a runner, becoming anything that you do, it starts off with being a beginner and then finding your community. Because I know for myself, it's like, oh man, once you find that community, it makes it a lot. It's like I say, it's like, it's not that the running for myself has gotten easier. It's that the my perception of the effort has gotten easier because I'm surrounded by such a great people or I'm participating in such incredible events. It's not that it's, it has not gotten easy. Like y'all running is not easy. But the joy from the people, from the experience with it, it makes it feel a little bit easier. So I love that. All right. You've got a book out. You've got lots of races under your belt. What does the future look like for you? And what's coming up for you that we can celebrate? I think, um, thank you. Thank you for asking. I don't know what the future holds. We don't even know, right? <laughs> <We're just like laughs> this present moment that is so beautiful with, you know, being here today and sharing, sharing my story with all of your listeners and hoping that I've inspired you in some way just to keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's like a marathon, right? Yeah. One foot in front of the other, you're going to get to the finish line, no matter how big or small those steps are. Uh, I've just been continuing on this journey and Right now, my my new goal is obviously, not obviously, but I want to see if I can get faster again, you know, better after 50 or whatever they say. <laughs> Let's see. If not, that's not a big deal. Again, it's the journey. You know, the LA Marathon is coming up in uh, March 17th, 2024. My husband is a coach for the LA Roadrunners. Training kicks off September 16th. And if you're excited about training for a marathon, the LA Roadrunners is fantastic. They have levels for everyone. If you're a walker, if you're a runner, if you're a run walker, if you're fast, if you're, doesn't matter. They have groups for everyone. And, and as you were saying, you, you know, the community, it helps so much because when you've got those longer runs and you like, like a, I don't know, 10 mile run is a long run for me right now. And when you do it with a group, it just flies it flies by it does like yeah. before you know it you're done and you had so much fun and you're talking and you're making new friends so the LA Marathon LA Roadrunners I think you can go to laroadrunners.com or the McCourt Foundation to check that out there's also the Hirschberg training team I'm a part of that as well if you want to join a charity find one that speaks to your heart um and also since I'm not running a marathon a week anymore I'm I'm working on my motivational speak, speaking because I'd love to do that instead of, you know, having to, um, you know, run, run races, run races, you know, I've run so many already and I love running races. I just think that I can reach more people by getting out there on, um, in groups and sharing my story with, with others in hopes to inspire them to do what they love to. And so I've got a great speech with a lot of different tools that can help in um, all different areas, not just running, but, you know, in the corporations. And I think it translates because of, 
you know, shared experiences that, that I've had that I can show others that they can do it too. It doesn't have to be marathons. It can be anything. So I'm excited about that. I think that, um, you know, we all have a gift and yeah. I think that one of my gifts, um, that I got from my dad is, um, being on, you know, we love to, we love to, um, just be, uh, be out there, be out there in the world and connecting with others. I think that's, I, I love, I love being of service to others in that way and connecting with them and not necessarily running all the marathons, but just sharing, sharing our stories and helping others in that way. And also continuing to raise money for pancreatic cancer because cancer sucks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final thing. Where can we follow along? everything oh, that you've got going you. on. Thank you for asking. I've got, um, my website is marathongoddess.com. I'm at Marathon Goddess on Instagram and um, Facebook. And I don't do a lot of TikToking at the moment <laughs> or other things, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> I am on TikTok and Twitter and, um, but mostly, mostly Instagram and Facebook because, you know, that's that's where it started. So here uh, you can find me there or um, my website, marathongoddess.com. And the link to donate is on the website and the link to the TED Talk is there and the link to um, your book. My book is on the, on the website as well. So uh, hopefully I'll have a, a schedule up there soon of, of upcoming races and speeches. That And if you're interested, let me know, Julie at Marathon. Yeah, you can email me, Julie at marathongoddess.com if you want to reach out. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this week. Julie, you are, your words today are, I'm in the middle of training for Marine Corps Marathon. Um, So I want you to know that your words for me personally have helped put things into perspective of there's, I get to do this. And every day that I go out for a run, it's a choice that I'm making because I get to make that choice and tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And right. And in your case, life shifted dramatically in 35 days. And I think going into each day with an awareness of like, this is what I have today. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Things can change. They can remain the same. But for today, I can, and I will. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. That's so sweet. Yes, today is a, a gift. You know, it's every day is a gift. And it's so important to remember that, what, it, what a gift and how lucky we are to be alive. Yeah. All right, everyone, until the next episode. Bye. Hey, we got this. <laughs> <laughs>I'm in such awe of Julie, and it's not just because she's ran so many marathons, including 52, 52 weeks, but it's also because she's served up so many reminders about the importance of being compassionate towards oneself and remembering that we get to do hurt things like run marathons. Thank you, Julie, for being you and sharing all your big goals with us. For more on Julie, give her a follow on Instagram at Marathon Goddess.
check out her website at marathongoddess.com and read her book, 52 Weeks, 52 Marathons, The Miles and Trials of a Marathon Goddess. You can reach out to me on Instagram at The Cookie Runner or through my website at thecookierunner.net. You can also support this podcast with a rating, review, or a share. Until next time, run happy, run strong, and run true to you.